The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line. It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You know, sitting here today, speaking with you now, really the, the, the past seems to belong to someone else. It's the sensation is more of an immediate, this is all there is right now, which is probably the way it is for everyone. But for, for me, you know, when I wrote the first book uh, and, and sold the first book, The Monkey's Raincoat, I never anticipated any of this would happen. I wanted to write a book I, I was proud of. And then hopefully, hopefully, uh, my, my biggest dream was simply to sell the thing. You know, have have some publisher in New York actually buy my novel. The fact that it became that the characters, Elvis Cole, Joe Pike, became as popular as they become, and and that my career would extend to 23 novels. Believe me, I had a big imagination back there, but I never imagined uh, this. And welcome back to the Writer Files. This is your dutiful host, Kelton Reed. Wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Award-winning and number one New York Times bestselling author Robert Crace spoke to me about breathing life into the Ur detective novel, the legacy of Raymond Chandler, his love of L.A., and his latest, Racing the Light. Robert Crace is the author of 23 novels, 19 of which feature private investigators Elvis Cole and his laconic ex-cop partner Joe Pike. The first in the series, The Monkey's Raincoat, won the Anthony and McCavity Awards and was nominated for the Edgar. The latest is Racing the Light, described as a pulse-pounding read and Elvis Cole's most dangerous case yet. Best-selling author David Baldacci called it another grand slam for the master storyteller, and Reader's Digest named it to the list of 30 new books we can't wait to read in 2022. In a previous life, Robert was an Emmy-nominated TV writer-producer and spent several years writing scripts for classic television series like Hill Street Blues, Cagney and Lacey, and Miami Vice. In this file, Robert and I discussed burning out as a TV writer and chasing the dream of becoming a novelist. While he never anticipated fame, how his novel L.A. Requiem changed the trajectory of his career. When your author name gets bigger than the title, while he'll always be a meticulous outliner, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow 
to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. All right, we are rolling today on the Writer Files uh, after some technical glitches, but I am honored today to be joined by the number one New York Times bestselling author, Robert Kreis, is joining us today. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly because I forgot to ask you. You are. No, it uh, rhymes with Trace, so you're spot okay. on. Cool. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to talk to you about all things writing and the writing life and um, this amazing storied career of yours. Um, I'd love to take you back a little bit, even to to kind of the the TV writing days and the TV you know producer days, um, because you've had this incredible incredible career not only as a scribe but um, you know you you've kind of seen the inner workings of Hollywood it would seem and that kind of lends uh, to your fiction as well. But yeah, I would love to to take you back a little bit and talk about your kind of superhero origins as a writer because. It can't have been easy to maintain this acclaimed Elvis Cole and Joe Pike series that's, uh, you know, incredibly lauded and won you all these awards. But yeah, take us back to before that and kind of like how you decided to to give up TV writing and become a, a novelist. Let's step into the way back machine, Kelton. <laughs> journey, journey into those yesteryear. Uh. Listen, when I, I'm from Louisiana, where I began as a short story writer always wanted to be a writer and and my beginnings were in short stories and after i sold a few um i thought if i wanted to make my living as a writer it was probably uh a great move to go to to move to los angeles try to get in the tv and movies because those guys made so much money right um so i did and it was enormously exciting you know, I worked with, with some great people and some great shows. Um, and in retrospect, I realized how fortunate that was because there's a lot, you know, most, most TV, you know, is, it, well, it, 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 it was all to my good fortune because, you know, my career could have taken paths where I wouldn't have learned as much. Uh, but after about 10 years or 12 years of writing television exclusively, what I think of as my, my, my writer school. I was a baby writer and learning enormously, but it, the collaborative nature of it began to wear me out. And I wanted more and more to be singularly responsible for my vision. I wanted to create my world. I wanted to, to present my, my stories, my characters and my thoughts without network notes. So little by little, I, 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 reoriented myself and I, and I decided to pursue the original dream which was to become a novelist so i created elvis cole and i've never looked back and it's an amazing kind of evolution also uh given the span of time that you've been working on this series and of course you've written some standalones that have either dovetailed or or you know kind of lent lent themselves to the work but um yeah i mean t t take us through kind of your own personal evolution as a writer because from you know the monkey's raincoat to um la requiem and kind of the the acclaim that came from that and and kind of the you know talk a little bit about the evolution from from the beginning to the middle and now to racing the light which um you know kind of on the on the eve of the birth of your 23rd novel it's it's got to kind of seem like it's been 
a long time, but you know, it does it seem like a blip on the radar for you? You know, does it feel like time has kind of flown by or how, how is that, how has that evolution kind of worked for you? Well, it, you know, sitting here today, speaking with you now, um, really the, the, the past seems to belong to someone else. Uh, it's, it's, it's the sensation is more of a, an immediate, this is all there is right now, which is probably the way it is for everyone. Hmm. But for, for me, you know, when I wrote the first book uh, and, and sold the first book, The Monkey's Raincoat, I never anticipated any of this would happen. I wanted to write a book I, I was proud of. And then hopefully, hopefully, uh, my, my biggest dream was simply to sell the thing, you know, have, have some publisher in New York actually buy my novel. Um, the fact that it became that the characters, Elvis Cole, Joe Pike became as popular as they become. And, and that my career would extend to 23 novels. Believe me, I had a big imagination back there, but I never imagined uh, this. Hmm. And, you know, as I, in fact, I didn't even imagine that there would be a second or third book. I mean, I, again, I just simply wanted to sell one book. So the fact that the publisher uh, wanted more books was a, a shocking surprise. And then what was also a shocking surprise was, oh, my God, now I have to write more of them. <laughs> but luckily, I love the characters and I love the kind of stories that I like to tell. And, and in truth, um, those early books were, uh, I mean, my approach then was to write the books as sort of, uh, you know, in, in very much in the Raymond Chandler, uh, you know, Philip Marlowe tradition, mm. everything's first person point of view of the detective. Right. But a a as I, as I wrote more and more of them, uh, that format, I felt constrained by it. Uh, you know, it, it felt as if it were, was limiting, um, the stories I wanted to tell and the depth of the stories that I wanted to tell, you know, because everything had to be from Elvis Cole's point of view. So uh, I finally decided that I needed to do more, especially because I wanted to delve deeper in, into the character of Joe Pike, Elvis, Elvis Cole's friend and partner. And um, when I reached, I, I think it was my eighth book, which was L.A. Requiem, uh, I, I knew I wanted to write about Joe. That was the big difference in, in the prior books. Yes, Elvis Cole's the main character. Uh, yes, I still loved uh, Elvis Cole and found him endlessly motivating. But I knew there was an enormous depth of Joe Pike that I wanted to explore, and it needed a much, much larger canvas than the earlier books. So I literally abandoned all the rules that I'd been working by, and I created new rules for the book. You know, I, 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 it wasn't just Elvis Cole's first person. It was also third person, Joe Pike's point of view, flashbacks in time, um, all the things I had not done before. It was like, it, it, it was as if you're a painter. Suddenly there were many more colors on my palette to work with. Um, and L.A. Requiem became a, a major turning point in my career. Uh, it was my first New York Times bestseller. That was my breakout book. And it forever after changed, um, affirmatively changed the, the way I see my stories and, and how I tell them. And, and that evolution has, has continued. 
Uh, you know, it, it also freed me up to write standalone novels, which I did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly write Elvis Cole books. I'm known for the Elvis Cole books, but I've written several standalone books that I'm enormously proud of. And I guess through it all, uh, I've used the books. This is part of the driving engine behind the books, I guess. Uh, I've used the books as both commentary on the world around me and, and, and the emotional situations around me, but also as a way to make sense of all the chaos and craziness in my life and in the world. And that continues through to Racing Life. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, congrats on the work. And of course, the body of work speaks for itself. Um, the latest is uh, the 19th in the series. Um, Racing the Light uh, has been called, essentially, I'll just read the uh, the blurb here. Elvis Cole and Joe Pike are two of crime fiction superstar characters that they are uh, infused with Chris's uh, powerful writing, signature humanity, relentless suspense. Racing the Light delivers a pulse-pounding read in Elvis Cole's most dangerous case yet. And of course, uh, you know, Booklist mentioned that Chris's usual dose of heart and humor are are evident. And David Baldacci uh, called it another grand slam for the master storyteller. Um, if there's a better dynamic duo than Elvis Cole and Joe Pike and all of crime fiction, I'm not aware of it. You you have so many uh, peers, um, some that have been on this show, including Lisa Scottolini, who blurbed the book. And, and um, it's really, really great to see. And of course, your name is bigger than the title, uh, which has <laughs> got to be kind of an interesting development. Uh, do you remember when that actually occurred? Uh, oh, in, in your I, career? <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember when that occurred, which book that occurred. But <laughs> I remember everyone in my life, everyone around me in, in publishing told me that that was a big moment, that uh, <laughs> that uh, that that that. that Suddenly, suddenly now, Bob, uh, uh, <laughs> people are going to look at you differently. And all I, all I remember thinking is that, that my, my name above the title was, was, <clears throat> was so large. I hope, I hope people didn't think I'd get a swelled head because of it. 
I'm told it was um, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, talk a little bit about, um, I want to talk about your writing process, of course, um, how you maintain uh, the prolificness, but also, um, you know, there is something very cinematic about your work. Of course, you come from this storied uh, television writing background and you learn from some of the greats. Um, and I'm guessing you got to spend some time with Michael Mann, who's a, who's a hero of mine. But um, Los Angeles seems to be to play uh, like a role in your in your work itself. You know, L.A. has always kind of been a character in a lot of, yes, especially noir, noir the noir genre. And you know, when you're talking about these traditional detective novels in the in the legacy of Chandler and so on and so forth, how how has L.A. kind of molded your your work or you know become a kind of a character as a as someone who lived in LA for you know a handful of years and and got to see kind of firsthand how sprawling and and magnificently weird it is, um, talk a little bit about kind of your love of the city and and how that has kind of shaped your work a little bit. Well, I, I do I do see Los Angeles as a character. The setting is a character in my novels. Um, I don't think that Elvis Cole could be Elvis Cole uh, as he's now written. Um, unless he lived in Los Angeles, he could he he couldn't be Elvis Cole any 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 place else. Um, when I when I first moved here, the uh, I fell in love with Los Angeles immediately. Uh, it because it is it is it is so different from any other place that, or at least in my my experience at that time. Um, it is enormously large. Sprawling is an understatement. It's it's 465 square miles. That's a big city. Um, it's it's uh, enormously diverse in the most wonderful ways. Um, you know the the access to different cultures, different foods, uh, different flavors is inspiring, and and. I embrace all these things with love and interest. And I think it shows in the books. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I can get my car right now and, and, uh, you know, in 20, 30 minutes, you know, we could, we could go through little Ethiopia, little Armenia, mm -hmm. uh, K town, Chinatown. I mean, just there's every, everything you just drive around. And, uh, I, because I love it, I use it. Um, I use it in the books. You know, because to do if, if we if we view Elvis Cole as what he is, a private investigator, uh, his job takes him all over the city and uh, he knows the city as I know the city. Uh, and I I enjoy painting with those colors. Uh, and I think I can I think the city allows me to use the different parts of itself um to actually enhance what i'm trying to say in the story whether whether it's it's emotional feels like uh um uh, like like danger threat or boredom uh or or uh enthusiasm uh, you know where elvis cole is moving speaks to that and, and i i want to one of the things i try to do in 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 using the canvas using the the, the city uh, 
is is create a vibe for what I call Elvis Cole's Los Angeles. Like Elvis, uh, Elvis doesn't actually live in my, my Los Angeles, which is hmm. right here, right? <laughs> uh, there's a fictional version, a parallel universe version of Los Angeles that I think of as Elvis Cole's Los Angeles, where it it kind of pretty much looks exactly like my Los Angeles, only it's a little bit different. And he lives in it. And Joe Pike lives in it. John Stone and, and the other characters, they actually live in it and work in it. Um, and I, I do everything I can to make that fabric as, as rich and a, as realistic and flavorful as, as I can, because I want to reflect the real city. Absolutely. Um, well, it obviously comes through the work and, um, again, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see the, the evolution of not only, um, as you said, it kind of your lens on the city through the books. Um, but then also the kind of the, the evolution, you know, the, what we're all going through, which is, you know, we've all just been through a pandemic and, and, uh, I, I thought it was really funny going back that you had said, in the work that LA has like three, their three favorite spectator sports are riots, earthquakes, and wildfires. And, you know, and to some extent, is that still true to this day? Yeah, I guess it is. You can add pandemic now. I mean, it, it's uh, a fires, flood and pestilence. It, it's, yeah. it, it, you know, we're blessed here with great weather. Uh, it's usually always sunny, gorgeous topography. Um, but remember, we also live in a place where at any, any second, the ground could short, start to shake, uh, your house could fall down. The freeways could collapse. <laughs> um, there, there's an enormous amount of electric uncertainty here. And in, despite its beauty, and I, I believe Los Angeles to be a beautiful city, um, it, you know, when it heats up in the summer and the dry winds come south out of the desert, um, all the hillsides turn into kindling. And all it takes is a cigarette butt or a lightning strike, and we have huge, raging, horrible fires here. So th there is an uncertainty that comes with the beauty. Uh, there is a, a sense of daily risk that Angelinos share. And, and that becomes part of the fabric, too. Yeah, 100%. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Well, I can't let you go without asking about your process. And at this point in your career, you must have a 
kind of a daily ritual or process that you can talk about kind of your best writing day when you're really getting some pages, you know, after, after you've done some of the research or, yeah, talk about what kind of writer you are. Are you someone who can write in coffee shops? Do you glean some uh, inspiration from getting out and about and, and seeing Angelinos? Yeah, well, I, I actually do. I move around. I write multiple places. Um, my day, my writing day, I typically begin here in my office. But I'm only good for a couple of hours here. I find that I then have to relocate. I'll, I'll go to a coffee shop uh, for lunch. I'll go to a, a nearby diner, you know, drag my laptop with me and, and work. The noise and surroundings, they don't bother me. As to process, uh, you know, I'm an outliner. This, this comes, I know, from my television days where everything has to be outlined and everything has to be approved before you go on to the next step. Um, that, that was the way I did it then, and it worked. Uh, and so, uh, you know, as it turned, uh, as I evolved into writing books, that's the way that works for me with writing books. Uh, I spend a, fully a, a third of the time on any project. The first third I spend on figuring it out, uh, learning the characters, coming up with the story and scenes and emotions that I want to deal with, uh, ideas. Uh, and then the, roughly the last two thirds, once I have, I know the story, I, I know the beginning, the middle, and I may not know everything. You know, there's maybe I know 80%, 75%. But I know and, and, and love where I'm going. Then I sit down and I start to write actual narrative. Um, and uh, and af, af, once I'm doing that, uh, the book really comes to life. And, uh, um, and, and I'm confident that I'm going to, I'm confident I'm going to have the novel I want to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we have some limited time and you have uh, other obligations. Um, again, I will mention the book, Racing the Light. I want to wrap with your kind of advice to your fellow scribes, but I have one fun question for you. That, and that would be, if you could have a uh, dinner with any uh, author from any era to your favorite place in the world, uh, who would you take and where would you take them? I'd love to have dinner with Ray Bradbury. And I would take him to uh, Musso and Frank. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. What a storied, interesting. Do you, do you think Musso and Frank is kind of haunted? I have been there and it's like, it's got this really interesting vibe. Yeah. Especially in the back room. Um, no, I don't think it's haunted, but I think it is, it is rich with the history of Los Angeles and Hollywood. Uh, I love it there. I love the vibe. I hope it never changes. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it recently portrayed in a in a TV show. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, so um, if we could just wrap up, I'm going to point out your home base there, which is robertcrace.com. Of course, you're on all the socials, so um, those can be found there as well. The latest is out the first of November uh, here in the states, and of course, um, yeah, I mean, congrats that you know the fact that you've been published in over 40 languages and and over 60 countries um, probably keeps you pretty busy during the promo season of your life. But uh, yeah, if you could just wrap with like any advice to your fellow scribes and just how to persevere, how to keep going and, and how to kind of push through the, the tough times. Uh, there are tough times. You know, it's, it, at, this is my 23rd novel. They don't get easier. They get more <laughs> difficult. Uh, but what I, what I hold to and what keeps me going uh, is an endless, it, it, 
an endless interest and fascination by the characters, uh, which means write what you believe in. That's that's what I've tried to do uh, from the earliest days of my career. Uh, fully invest yourself and believe in it. Believe that it has value. Believe that it's important. And um, uh, and, and and that's what keeps you going when you're sitting there and you're spending hours and hours trying to write, nothing's coming, and you're not coming up with the ideas you want. Everything seems hollow and empty. And my God, this is never going to work out. Or holy crap, this is the worst thing I've ever written. Those times happen, man. Uh, they happen to me. They it it, it <laughs> way too much. Uh, <laughs> but trust yourself. Uh, have faith in the talent because the talent will get you through. You just got to keep at it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Wise words. We appreciate your wisdom, your words, and uh, please come back and wrap with us again in the future. Best of luck on your tour. Thanks, Kelton. Love to. It was fun. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm. All right. I think we got it. And scene. Cool. <laughs> All right, my friend. I'll let you get to the next one, but uh, we'll be in touch soon and, and really do appreciate you. Thanks, sir. Good luck. Take care of yourself. All right. Take care. Thanks.